Welcome to the African History Network show. It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and we are live broadcasting right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio in Detroit, and also on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So, um, so I was saying, Dave Chappelle is uh, staying in the news. We had not talked about him, I don't think, at all this past week, uh, dealing with a number of different topics this past week, including the uh, uh, jury selection and the trial of the four men, the three men, I should say, accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery. We're going to give an update on that also on today's show. But Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees uh, after they walk out in protest. Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees after they walk out in protest. And also the co-CEO of uh, Netflix, Ted Sarandos, admits he screwed up when defending Dave Chappelle's new special. So this is uh, something interesting. Now, earlier in the week, there was a piece from uh, the Washington Post that talked about how the uh, the employee, the Netflix employee who released some sensitive information regarding uh, the special, the, the closure special on Netflix was fired. Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. So you have that development also. There's a um, article from the Washington Post from uh, October 16th, uh, actually uh, last week, Saturday, Saturday, October 16th, Netflix fired an employee who leaked confide confidential and commercially sensitive information regarding Dave Chappelle's latest uh, stand-up special. The company said on Friday, that had been uh, Friday, October 15th, after backlash from the LGBTQ community over recent onstage remarks made by Dave Chappelle uh, were criticized as transphobic. So you have these different um, developments here in the story. Now, I have the, you know, we talked about this maybe a week and a half ago. And I, this is not something that I deal with each night on the show. You know, we're here six days a week. We got other more important things to deal with. But um, since I hadn't talked about it, probably about a week, uh, I said, we're going to deal with some of these new developments. OK, other people want to just follow every nuance of this story. Well, OK, you can if you want to have other things to deal with. I don't, I don't have that type of time. So we'll, we'll discuss that as well. All right. Then uh, on Saturday. I was on Instagram. And I saw this video. Uh, I followed DeAndre Whitfield on Instagram. Remember DeAndre Whitfield? Remember Robert? Remember from the Cosby Show, right? Vanessa's first boyfriend, and he's married to um, uh, uh, Sally Richardson Whitfield. So uh, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I see this video that he posted, and it's about this school in. Louisiana, this high school in Louisiana, and this high school was 
uh, dealing with fights, um, a number of fights in, in, in a certain period of time, and some of the children gone wild. Not all of them, but some of the children gone wild. And it's a story about African-American fathers stepping up and coming into the school with, you know, permission from, of course, the administration there. But providing support and some type of mentoring, et cetera, for the students. And they're called Dads on Duty, Dads on Duty. And the video has gone viral, okay? Um, it, it, it was a story covered by the CBS Evening News uh, on Friday, October 22nd, okay? Uh, so we're going to talk some about that. It's a really, really good story. It shows the impact that um, African-American parents, one, can make, two African-American men also can make. All right. Dad's on duty in Louisiana come to help save high school students. And so this story has gone viral. A um, number of different news outlets are reporting on this. And the students, you know, talk about the impact uh, of having these African-American men in the school, the impact that that's having on the entire school as well. Okay, this is taking place in Louisiana. Now, we know Louisiana, not to beat up on Louisiana, but Louisiana has one of the highest poverty rates in the country. And uh, this is taking place at, um, this is in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, Shreveport, Louisiana. And it is, I had the name of the school here, just a second here, we'll give it to you. Because we'll discuss this also. This is um, I don't know where it is. okay. I ha I have it here somewhere, but uh, we'll, we'll give you that information. All right, so we'll discuss that as well. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, yeah, Southwood uh, Southwood High School, Southwood High School in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And they're making a, they're making a huge difference. There's 40 of them, about 40 of them right now. And one of the things they want to do is start chapters in other uh, cities in uh, Louisiana and other schools in Louisiana. And this is showing the impact that African-American men can make parents in general, specifically African-American men can make. Okay, so we'll talk about this story as well. Uh, and then we'll give an update on what's going on in the uh, trial of the three white men accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery. And jury selection continues in this trial. So we've been talking about this pretty much each night uh, here on the show. Jury selection continues. Now, we know Friday there was um, uh, no, the, 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 um, the jury, what the trial wasn't in session on Friday. Uh, we know that one of the uh, attorneys had a previous commitment. Okay. So trial was in recess on Friday. But 
we see one, the jury selection is taking longer than people originally thought, which I've said each night here on the show, I've said, look, you, you, you don't have to rush this. Okay. The defendants are not going anywhere. The, the three white men accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery is not like they have an appointment to make or something like this. You don't have to rush this. You want to take your time, get the correct jury that's going to look at the evidence, not make decisions based upon social media, but look at the evidence and come to the right conclusion. Okay. We know that um, a thousand uh, jury, jury duty notification notices went out and the first week of jury selection, the first week of jury selection just concluded. We know that it was expected that they would go through 600 prospective jurors. Uh, they, they weren't able to get through 600. So this is going to take longer. Okay, so we'll discuss this as well. And then the, the Civil War documentary is going to air on MSNBC today. We're going to talk about that on Monday show. I, I was thinking we were going to talk about it today, but now we can't talk about it today. So we'll talk about this on Monday show. And, and it deals with the Civil War and the Reconstruction era, what happens after the Civil War ends, and how, most importantly, it deals with how the way the Civil War is taught differs depending upon which section uh, or which region of the country you live in. And it's dealing with how a lot of the history that's been taught about the Civil War is incorrect and how it negatively impacts us today. And, you know, I teach a, a teacher online class on Saturdays uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Taught the class yesterday. We had a really good class. Uh, and the January 6th insurrection is a continuation of the U.S. Civil War. The January 6th insurrection is a continuation of the uh, U.S. Civil War. You can draw a direct line, direct connection. And we saw that one of the idiots, one of the insurrectionists was in the um, U.S. Capitol building with the Confederate battle flag of Northern Virginia under General Robert E. Lee's army that he thinks is the Confederate flag because it's not the Confederate flag. There were three flags that flew over the Confederate States of America from 1861 to 1865, the, the flag that's on the General Lee car, okay, on the Dukes of Hazard, and is named after the car is named after General Robert E. Lee, a white supremacist slave owner who committed treason against the Union and took up arms to maintain slavery. But that's another conversation. Um, the the flag that's on top of the General Lee car on the Dukes of Hazard TV show is not the Confederate flag; that's the Confederate battle flag of Northern Virginia under General Robert E. Lee's army. And that's the that's the same flag that the idiot was uh, one of the idiots had uh, during the insurrection and took it into the U.S. Capitol building. That didn't even take place during the Civil War. That U.S. Capitol building hasn't been breached since the War of 1812. That was Great Britain that did that. So we'll discuss that as well. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you've been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, read, heard, and seen about yourself. 
So when you control the race of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the covers of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Coming up here on the break, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. And with laws and policy that put us in this predicament, it's going to be laws and policy that take it out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a teach what it doesn't know. We have it all for 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. 910, The Superstation, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. Call the numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Uh, right before the break, I was letting you know you can still register for the 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. This is a 10-week online course. We deal with um, history leading up to the Civil War, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803, uh, yesterday in class, we talked about the uh, Dred Scott case of uh, uh, U.S. Supreme Court case March 6, 1857, as well as the Missouri Compromise of 1820 and the Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854, because those come into play in the Dred Scott case as well. Um, so those are a few of the things we talked about in class yesterday. As soon as you register, you can watch yesterday's class and we do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. Um, this is a 10-week online course. It's on sale right now, $70, regularly $130. And even after the class is over with, you still can watch the full course. Okay. Uh, I want to go to our first story here. And this is an update dealing with what's going on with uh, Dave Chappelle. The backlash from his closure special on uh, Netflix that we've talked about here before. So in case you haven't heard, there was a um, rally uh, on Wednesday, okay, Uh, Wednesday, October 20th. And you had uh, hundreds of protesters arrive at Netflix's Vine Street office on Wednesday morning, October 20th, to rally support to, to rally support uh, the, the net uh, the 
transgendered employees that work at Netflix. There's a big article about this from Hollywood Reporter. Now, I'm going to connect this when I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered a couple of weeks ago because uh, Roland had us uh, this past Friday. He didn't have any uh, panelists on. We didn't have a panel Friday, so I wasn't on. He was in, I think, Los Angeles or something. He was on location, so he had a special show. I should be back on this Friday. Well, when I was on a couple of Fridays ago, we spoke with David Johns of um, the uh, a National Black LGBTQ um, organization, and they're calling for, they're one of the groups calling for the closure special to be pulled from Netflix. And David Johns added more context than 30 second to 60 second sound bites that you may get in mainstream media. But I'm going to connect this to the mistreatment of African-Americans, especially dealing with negative corporate controlled hip hop and stereotypical images that we see of ourselves in the media. Should employ should African-American employees at these uh, corporations that they stage a walkout also. So hundreds of protesters arrived at Netflix's Vine Street office on Wednesday, Wednesday morning for a rally to support uh, Netflix, Netflix's uh, transgendered employees who began a virtual walkout to push back against Netflix co-CEO and chief content officer Ted Sarandos. Handed, Ted Sarandos's handling of Dave Chappelle's latest comedy special, The Closer. Okay, so they staged this walkout in response to how the co-CEO of Netflix, Ted Sarandos, handled this. Ted Sarandos, we know, stands, stood behind um, uh, Dave Chappelle, and he was saying, you know, trying to draw, it's, it's hard to draw a, far, far, uh, a fine line between, you know, uh, comedic expression and what's offensive to people. And he said people have a right to protest, things like this. We talked about that here. Now, during the virtual walkout, the participating staffers will not do any work for uh, Netflix and instead engage in content that supports the trans community and donate to charities. The walkout coincides with a public rally organized by the activist Ashley Marie Preston that relocated to Netflix's office on Vine Street to accommodate more people. Okay, now it was uh, Ashley Marie Preston. She was the employee, according to the Washington Post, um, the article from October 16th, we'll show you that in just a second here. We'll talk about that in just a second, but okay, let me, I'll come to that in just a second here. Cause we know uh, uh, Netflix fired uh, an employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. Um, okay. We'll come to that in just a second here. All right, let's continue. Okay, now, uh, B. Paggles, uh, Paggles Minor, the former Netflix staffer who was fired last week for allegedly uh, leaking confidential information on the Chappelle special, appeared at the rally to support the walkout. 
Now, Pagel's minor has denied leaking sensitive information. Uh, quote, as most of you know, I'm 33 weeks pregnant. And when I thought I thought about why I was participating uh, in when I thought about why I was participating in, it's that my son does not grow up with content that hates me. End quote. Uh, Pat Pagel's minor said, I want my child to grow up in a world where they see that their parent, a black trans person, because I exist, contrary to what the special says, contrary to what many people say, that I am valued and I am, I am an important person as well, that I am valued and I am an important person as well. Now, Pagel's minor, a former leader of the Netflix Trans Employee Resource Group, I didn't know they had one, then read out the letter of ask or request to Ted Sarandos, co-CEO of Netflix, um, a list of requests from the employee group. Included in the list were requests that Netflix create a fund for non-binary and trans talent revise internal processes for reviewing potentially harmful content add disclaimers on shows with transphobic content and acknowledge the harm Netflix has caused to the trans community, particularly the black trans community. Other requests included creating a fund for uh, trans and non-binary talent, both above and below the line, increasing the trans employee resource groups involvement in conversations and potentially harmful content and recruiting trans, especially trans, BIPOC, um, black, indigenous, um, people of color, BIPOC. I don't like, I don't like that. It's, it sounds like Tupac, but okay. Um, especially trans, um, African-American, indigenous, uh, people of color, et cetera, people for executive positions at Netflix. So, okay. So, so they have this protest and this got a lot of this, this walkout, this protest, this got a lot of media attention. I was watching this on Wednesday and, um, I'm sitting there looking at it. And I'm like, well, should um, African-American employees at media companies that put out negative corporate controlled hip hop, like maybe Atlantic Records, because Atlantic Records is that they're the ones that put out WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, there's white corporation financing a music video, music that promotes pollution and dehumanizes African-American. American women, things like this. The the baseline of the song says there's some whores in this house. It's repeated 79 times. The only people in the house are of African descent except for one white woman, Kylie Jenner, and white people created an online petition that Kylie Jenner be digitally removed from the video because you only protect what you respect. 
You only protect what you respect. They didn't, they didn't say get rid of the video. They said take this white woman out. You Negroes, you can stay in there. You can stay in the Negroes and stay in the whorehouse. That's fine. We want to rescue this white woman. You only protect what you respect. So I'm like, well, wait a second, hold on. Because as it is now, and you know, you can go back and check my record. I've been, we've been dealing with negative corporate controlled hip hop for years and, and negative images of African-Americans in the media for years. Here on this show, one of my first lecture series was called the media's deliberate destruction of the African-American family. See, so you, you, you what I find interesting is that, and Dave Chappelle brought, talked about the baby. Now he got it wrong about the baby's uh, that incident where the baby shot killed somebody because that, that did go to court. A key witness did not show up. The case was dismissed and it really appears as a case of self-defense. We talked about that here on the show. We pulled up an article from a local newspaper there in the, in the, uh, in the area with the, that the uh, killing took place. And this appeared a situation where uh, this person put out a gun on the baby and the baby said that this person tried to kill him. So he defended himself. He was with his his uh, children and uh, uh, the mother of, of his children. So that it, it appeared that was a uh, incident of incidents of self defense that was left out of Dave Chappelle's narrative. But what what's interesting is that if you look at the baby for just a second, not to pick on him because the the real people who are at fault are the white people who finance this because they know better because they won't, they won't allow white artists to do the same thing that they allow African-American artists to do. They won't allow white artists to dehumanize themselves the way they allow African-American artists to do. Okay. Because you only protect what you respect. And they understand that if they, if white artists do this, it will influence white children. They don't want to do that. It would negatively influence white children. They don't want to do that. Because whatever is disseminated becomes imitated. They understand this. So when, when you can put out negative corporate controlled hip hop and get NAACP awards or Grammy awards, BET awards, American Music Awards, and not have protests, not really have protests and things like this behind it, what does what message does that send? That sends it, that sends a message that it's acceptable to dehumanize African Americans. That that sends a clear message. Not only is it profitable, but it's acceptable. You're going to be rewarded for dehumanizing African Americans. And the LGBT community. Now, so if we go back and look at what happened. The baby is on stage and he does a two minute rant that members of the LGBT community said is, is homophobic, transphobic, things like that. He gets disinvited from festivals where he's contracted to perform and they're going to pay him. He gets, he gets backlash and disinvited for two minutes on stage. And it's not even part of a song. It's not like he, it's not like this was a song that, he won a Grammy for this is two minutes on stage yet. He has music dehumanizing black people and black women, and he gets invited to perform. 
at the concert. He get, he gets invited to perform at the festivals after dehumanizing black people, but he gets disinvited after two minutes speaking negatively about the LGBT community. So you have to sit back and really ask the question, what's really going on? You have to sit back and ask the question, what's really going on? How is it that one group is protected and you get backlash and walkouts and protests if you speak out against them? But with African-Americans, you can call us whatever you want to call us, dehumanize our women, have our women all half, half naked, promote prostitution, financed by white corporations. And they win Grammys and BET Awards and American Music Awards. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard and seen about yourself. 313-778-7600 is the calling number. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600 is the calling number. If you have a question or comment, okay, I, I want to go back to this article here from the Hollywood Reporter. Because if this was back now, if we compare this back when the movie, The Birth of a Nation came out, right? And I've talked about this before. I, I have a lecture called Empire Strikes Black, the propaganda of the media. Empire Strikes Black, the propaganda of the media. Because if this were 1915, and this were the movie, The Birth of a Nation, you realize when the movie The Birth of a Nation came out, we had enough sense to have protests against the movie. Charlotta Bass in California, a publisher of the black newspaper, California Eagle, led protests. She was a member of the NAACP. Um, uh, William Monroe Trotter up in Boston, uh, who was a newspaper publisher, black newspaper publisher also. They led protests. There's a, there's a documentary called Birth of a Movement which is about the protest that William Monroe Trotter led against the movie, The Birth of a Nation, when it debuted February 8th, 1915. And the movie calls race riots in the streets and in the movie um, showed the Ku Klux Klan as the heroes. The, the movie helped rejuvenate the Ku Klux Klan. We had enough sense to understand when we were under attack. We had mass protests against the movie. And then one of the things we were doing was putting out movies in response to the birth of a nation to properly show us how we felt we should be depicted uh, in, the, in, in, in the media. If you look at, um, let's go to this quickly here. If you look at this, because I, I deal with, I talk about the movie, The Birth of a Nation, because that's, this, that movie's critical. And even if you go back to 1906, 1906 in Philadelphia, when the, see the, 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 before the, the, the movie, the birth of a nation is based upon a novel called the Klansman. And the Klansman was written by a man named, um, uh, Reverend Thomas Dixon, Reverend Thomas Dixon. Okay. The movie, the birth of a nation inspires the rejuvenation of the Ku Klux Klan by another reverend 
named Reverend William Joseph Simmons, who's a white Methodist minister. Minister, he he rejuvenates the Ku Klux Klan after after seeing the movie. So he rejuvenates it in October 1915. Reverend William Joseph Simmons. But but the movie The Klansman is based upon, uh, uh, sorry, the movie The Birth of a Nation, and for the first thirty days the movie was out. It was called The Klansman. And it's based upon a novel by Thomas Dixon, Reverend Thomas Dixon. Well, before it was a movie, it was also a play that traveled around to different cities. And when the, when the play came to Philadelphia in 1906, there was about 3,000 African-Americans protesting against the, against the play because we knew it was detrimental to our existence and we knew whatever's disseminated becomes imitated. And we knew that if you had a, a, a play that dehumanized African-Americans, it would continue to, de to desensitize white people to our plight, who we are, and increase the violence against us. October 22nd, 1906, 3,000 African-Americans demonstrated and rioted in Philadelphia to protest a theatrical presentation of Thomas Dixon's The Klansman. Okay, this is before it's a movie, so it's, it's a play. This is 1906. It's a, it's a movie in 1908. This is October 22nd, 1906. We, we had enough sense to know this. Today, we're, we're confused as hell. We'll sit up and justify art, quote unquote art, that dehumanizes us. Now notice, let me be some things I disagree with with the transgender community, but notice they, they, they're not saying these are terms of endearment that, that they're using to attack, that people are using to attack the transgender community. They're making it clear, no, this is not acceptable. They're protesting, they say this is not acceptable. They're not saying these are terms of endearment. Because the other thing that I said is that, well, wait a second, Dave Chappelle is using the N-word all throughout his comedy specials on Netflix, this one and the previous one and the one before that. And people are largely silent on that. I like Dave Chappelle, but what, why you why you have to call us the N-word? That's not that's not funny. If you, if you think the N-word is a term of endearment, I would argue that you are in an abusive relationship and you should get out. If you think the N-word is a term of endearment, I would argue that you are in an abusive relationship and should get out. Because other ethnic groups and races and things like this, they're more guarded about their images and, and the words used uh, to describe them. And they don't tolerate things like this. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So if you look at Before the Mayflower by Lerone Bennett Jr., in the back of the book, he has milestones in history. This is the sixth edition. It's falling apart. I need to get a new one. Page 514 deals with 1906, and it talks about um, October 22nd, 1906, and the protests in Philadelphia surrounding the Klansmen. We we had we had sense. We had more sense back then. We have more education today and less sense. 
I'm not against I'm not against education. I'm not against PhDs. I'm not against education. But we had more sense. We had a better sense of when we were under attack and being threatened. So you had um, mass protests, and and if you if you research the documentary uh, "Birth of a Movement," it deals with the mass protests that William Monroe Trotter led. And Trotter is, is, is was a member of the uh, uh, Afro American uh, Council, founded in 1898, and he was he was in that organization with uh, uh, Dr. W. B. Du Bois. TheRoot.com has an article from March 1st, 2015, when African-Americans fought back against the birth of a nation. Okay, oh, sorry. the name of the article is How Black America Rallied to Stop the Racist Film, The Birth of a Nation. March 1st, 2015 from TheRoot.com. And one of the things, when you, when you study the movie, and, the, and it's a three-hour movie, it's a silent movie. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. You may have to drink a strong cup of coffee or something like that to stay awake. Um, it's a silent movie, you know, they have captions. All the, the majority of the characters who were supposed to be African American were white people in blackface. Okay, in the movie. And one of the scenes in the movie, it depicts uh, a black man trying to rape a white female virgin. This is in the movie. Okay, uh, let, let me go back to this article here because. We only have so much time here. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right, so uh, I want to go back to this article for, here from The Hollywood Reporter dealing with the mass protests that took place. Now, I'm trying to, so, so you know, my question is, okay, so should African-Americans that work at uh, corporations, especially these white corporations that put out negative dehumanizing images of African-Americans and negative corporate controlled hip hop that dehumanizes, should they have a walkout also? Should we support the walkout? Should we call out those companies that put out music, put out videos that dehumanize us? Because they're using, we're financing our own dehumanization. They're using money that we spend with them to attack us. We're financing our own dehumanization. Netflix protest rally draws hundreds as staffers lead walkout over Chappelle's special. This took place Wednesday, October 20th. Uh, okay, so now the rally drew on supporters of the trans Netflix employees, as well as those in support of Chappelle. But demonstrators who spoke with uh, the Hollywood Reporter urged Netflix to listen to its trans employees and honor their requests. Demonstrators who spoke with the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter urged Netflix to listen to its trans employees and honor their requests. Quote, it's important that Netflix listen to its employees. I'm here in solidarity with them, said Lily, Lily Weaver, an attendee not affiliated with Netflix, who is trans. Uh, uh, she told the Hollywood Reporter, none of us are free until all of us are free. None of us are free. Until all of us are. Now. Okay, so read read the rest here. Um, and they wanted to show solidarity, etc. Okay, you see the signs, all this. They're all protesting, hundreds of people. Uh, 
Now, Ted Sarandos, the co-CEO of Netflix, told The Hollywood Reporter Tuesday evening, uh, he said he still supports keeping the Chappelle, uh, the Dave Chappelle special on Netflix and doesn't believe it would be, quote unquote, appropriate to add a disclaimer to the show flagging potential harmful comments. He said, when we think about this challenge, we have to entertain the world. When we think about this challenge, we have to entertain the world. Part of that challenge means that you've got audiences with various tastes, various sensibilities, various beliefs. You really can't please everybody on the con on the content or the content would be pretty dull. You really can't please everybody or the content would be pretty dull. Now I guarantee you right now, if, if, if Dave Chappelle had some stuff in there that the Jewish community said was anti-Semitic, I bet you they pulled that stuff down in. If, if, if Dave Chappelle had some stuff in there that they said was anti-Semitic, I bet you they pull it then. I bet you'd be a different story. Quote, I don't think that the inclusion of the special on Netflix is consistent with our comedy offering. It's consistent with Dave Chappelle's comedy brand. I don't think that the inclusion of the special on Netflix is consistent with our comedy offering. It's consistent with Dave Chappelle's comedy brand. And this is one of those times when there's something on Netflix that you're not going to like. This is co-CEO Ted Sarandos of Netflix. Now later, uh, we also know he put out a statement saying that he messed up as well. We're going to come to that in just a minute. Ahead of the walkout, Netflix also issued a statement to acknowledge the deep hurt that's been caused, the deep hurt that's been caused. Quote, we value our trans colleagues and allies and understand the deep hurt that's been caused. The Netflix spokesperson said we respect the decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more work to do both within Netflix and in our content. OK, now, is there I mean, should Netflix, should African-American Netflix employees walk out for things that people that we deem as dehumanizing to African-Americans? In, on, on Netflix, calling us the N-word and bees and all these, should they have a walkout also? Is Netflix going to acknowledge that some of that, what you call entertainment, is dehumanizing African-Americans? Now, it's important to understand, I've said this before, the dehumanization of African-Americans has always been entertainment for this country. The dehumanization of African-Americans, the, the, the movie, The Birth of a Nation, was a huge hit. We can go back to the menstrual shows, 1828, 1829, T.D. Rice, Thomas Dartmouth Rice, who creates the Jim Crow character. And, and, and the Jim Crow character gets his name from the song Jim Crow, Turn Around, Jump Around, I Jump Just So. Every time I turn around, I jump Jim Crow. And he puts on tattered torn clothing adopts a Southern dialect to make fun of enslaved African people and dehumanize them. He puts on blackface. 
And the Jim Crow character will becomes a hit, number one. Two, he's known as the father of the minstrel shows. Okay, T.D. Rice. He's known as the father of the minstrel shows. So then what happens is you have all these other white men who put on tattered, torn clothing, adopt the Southern dialect to dehumanize African-Americans, show the depict enslaved African people as being dim-witted and, and uh, uh, unable to you know, take care of themselves, things like this. And then you have these minstrel show companies, these, these minstrel show reviews that travel around the country, North and South, and the minstrel shows become one of the top forms of entertainment in the country. The minstrel shows become one of the top forms of entertainment in the country. This is a depiction here, T.D. Rice, Thomas Dartmouth Rice. There's a, there's a good documentary narrated by Esther Rowe, who was, who was uh, Florida Evans on Good Times, Esther Rowe. Brilliant, brilliant sister, brilliant actress. I met her once. She was a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Those are my sisters. So uh, it was a state conference for, I think it was a state conference for the, either the Zetas or the Sigmas, one of them. State conference here in Michigan. And she was there. Also, I met Cheryl Underwood. I met Cheryl Underwood a couple of times years ago. Um, because Cheryl is a Zeta as well. But there's a documentary called uh, Ethnic Notions, Ethnic Notions, which deals with the history of stereotypical images. And it uh, is narrated by Esther Rowe. And this is one of the things they talk about, the creation of the minstrel shows. All right, now, so read the rest of this uh, article here from um, The Hollywood Reporter. And then uh, let's go quickly to this other one here. Um, this other article here, Netflix fires. This is from October 16th, October 16th, uh, 2021. Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash, all right? Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. Netflix fired an employee who leaked confidential and commercially sensitive information regarding Dave Chappelle's uh, latest stand-up special the closer and I still haven't seen it. I haven't, I just haven't, I haven't had time to watch it. I teach two, teach two classes on the weekend. I had an event yesterday and it's been busy. I do radio six days a week. I haven't had time to watch it. The company said, uh, Friday, Friday, October 15th, after backlash from the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ community over recent onstage remarks made by Dave Chappelle were criticized as quote unquote transphobic. The firing of the employee who was not publicly identified by the streaming giant came days before a Netflix employee walkout planned in response to Chappelle's special, The Closer, which has generated intense public furor in recent days for including comments by uh, Dave Chappelle, the LGBTQ advocacy groups say could incite harm against transgender people. They say it can incite harm against transgender people. 
I would argue that when you have um, African-American women who are abducted and put into sex trafficking and things like this, I would argue that dehumanizing uh, images and music that targets African-American women, I would argue that that helps incite violence against them and us as well and Af African-Americans in general. Netflix confirmed the person's firing in a statement and said the employee had released data that appeared in a Bloomberg News article. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation and Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. I'm Brother Michael M. Hotel. In the African History Network show, we do recurring events of history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It is laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't be a teacher that they know. We have it all for 19 a.m. Superstation. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and we are live. So right before the break, we were talking about the protests that took place on Wednesday uh, October 20th, um, where you had uh, some Netflix, some trans Netflix employees, as well as uh, some supporters who held a rally uh, in support of the transgender community and their protests against um, their protests against Dave Chappelle's uh, closer Netflix special. Okay. There's a big art article from the Hollywood Reporter, Netflix protests. Uh, we'll pull this back up here. Uh, Netflix protests. Netflix protest rally draws hundreds as staffers lead walkout over Chappelle special. Okay. And uh, this was on Wednesday, uh, October uh, 20th, 2021. All right. And then right before the break, we were talking about this story here from the Washington Post from October 16th. Uh, Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. OK, we're going to go back to that story here in just a second. Also, if you like this type of information and you want to support the African History Network, you can do so. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. And uh, also at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And when you do it through Cash App, our actual tag is dollar sign the AHN show, S H O W. And when you go to it, it'll say Michael and show my picture there. Uh, these other ones here are fake African History Network cash app accounts. That's not me. I've uh, been trying to get those shut down, but those are fake African History Network cash app accounts. So we are six days a week. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, etc. All right. Now, 
let's go back. I want to go back to this article here from uh, Washington Post, and then we'll go to uh, the phone lines quickly here. Let me pull this back up. So uh, Netflix confirmed the person's firing in a statement. So this is uh, this one here from uh, the Washington Post from October 16th. October 16th, Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. Now, uh, Netflix confirmed the person's firing in a statement and said the employee released data that appeared in a Bloomberg news article, the um, business publication Bloomberg, Bloomberg news article detailing that the company spent $24.1 million on Chappelle's special detailing that Netflix spent $24.1 million on Dave Chappelle's special. A review of the company's internal access logs pinpointed the information to a single person who quote admitted that they downloaded and shared sensitive company information externally. They admitted they downloaded and shared sensitive company information externally, Netflix said. Quote, we understand, we understand this employee may have been motivated by disappointment and hurt with Netflix, but maintaining a culture of trust and transparency is core to our company, Netflix said in the statement. Uh, the firing occurs at a tenuous time for Netflix in the days since the release of the closer advocacy groups such as GLAAD and the National Black Justice Coalition have condemned the special and demanded that it be removed from Netflix, Netflix's offerings. Jacqueline Moore, the showrunner of the Netflix series Dear White People, uh, said last week that she would no longer work with the platform Netflix. She would no longer work with Netflix. As long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerous transphobic content. So the specials calling us the N word. That's not what did it for you. Is this special that did it for you? The, the I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, I'm just, I'm just sitting here trying to figure this out. It's like, wait a second, hold on. All this other stuff calling us B's and H's and N words and all this stuff that's on Netflix. That's cool. But this is, this is this is the final straw. Netflix had previously suspended three employees for crashing a, a, a digital meeting among the company's executives. One of those employees, Tara Field, a software engineer who is transgender uh, and criticized the Chappelle special on Twitter, said Tuesday she had been reinstated. She had been reinstated. Tara Field voiced her displeasure with the news of her co-workers dismissal. Now, those those three um, suspensions were not related to uh, protests regarding Dave Chappelle. That was something else. It just happened around the same time. It was, uh, if I remember correctly, they joined a it was like a Zoom call or something like that. It, they joined a meeting without permission or something like that. It, it was not related to the Chappelle protests. Um, field voice her display with the news of her co-workers dismissal. I'm furious about it. She tweeted Friday. Now during the special Dave Chappelle joked 
uh, about transgender genitalia and all, all different types of things like this. Uh, so you can read that. We've talked about that before. Since it was released on October 1st, Dave Chappelle's special, uh, the special Chappelle Six with Netflix has at least 10 million views, according to the Associated Press, at least 10 million views. As of Saturday morning, uh, that would be Saturday, October 16th, the closer was the fifth most watched show on Netflix. The fifth most watched show on Netflix. Well, there's been, there's been more media media coverage of the closer than most shows on Netflix get also, just so people understand. Although its Rotten Tomato score from critics is 43%, audiences gave the special a score of 96 out of 100. So read the rest of this one here. This is from the Washington Post. This is from October 16th. Uh, that was Wednesday, October 16th, 2021. Netflix employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash. Okay, so we have that one. Now, also, um, there was a, let's see, this one here, uh, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos admits he screwed up. Now, I find this interesting. Because when a white man has your back and then he starts backpedaling, that's not that's not a good sign. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying. I've been in business a long time. I'm just saying, you know, when a white man comes out and puts out a statement, they stand behind you, all this stuff, then they start backpedaling. Okay. They, people start protesting, start walking out on the job, all this stuff. They start protesting everything, and then they start backpedaling. Mm, that's usually not a good sign. BlackAmericaWeb.com has an article about this. They picked up from MSN.com. We're going to look at the one from MSN because Black America, I love Black America Web, but they just have too many articles. They just have too many uh, ads keep popping up while I'm live on the air. I look at this stuff. But read the one from BlackAmericaWeb.com. Read that article. Support Black America Web because it's African-American owned and operated, but um, these ads just keep popping up all over the place. We're going to look at this one, then we'll go to the phone lines here. I screwed up. Netflix's Ted Sarandos addresses Dave Chappelle fallout. He's the co-CEO of, of Netflix. He said he screwed up. Um, he's speaking out over continued criticism of the Dave Chappelle comedy special. Okay. Now this is from, uh, this would be October 20th, probably Wednesday, probably Wednesday, October 20th. Uh, MSN.com. Look, uh, MSN, do me a favor on your articles, put the date of the article. Putting four days ago, that's that's not good journalism. Please, please. That's 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 one of my pet peeves. Because you all know I always give credit to the outlet that publishes the article. And I give you the name of the article, I give you the outlet it's from, the news outlet, the date, all this stuff. Okay. Four days ago. Who the hell does that? Don't do stuff like that. Please. Journalism one on one. Put the date. And if you're really good. Like Washington Post and New York Times, if the if the article is updated, you put you put a timestamp in the time and date that the article was updated as well. Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos is speaking out. Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos is speaking out over continued criticism of the Dave Chappelle comedy special, The Closer. 
Also a pet peeve, blackamericaweb.com. Please stop having videos start up with the sound uh, blaring. Like at least mute the at least mute the sound. Okay, please stop that. I know you're trying to get the ads. If you're gonna have the video play automatically, mute the sound. Don't just have the sound playing, because people pull up the article, it scared the hell out of them. On the eve of a planned employee walkout at the streaming giant organized by trans and LGBTQ staffers, content creators and allies, Ted Sarandos addressed numerous points related to recent jokes Chappelle, uh, from Chappelle that have incensed the trans community and been labeled as harmful. So th this took place right before the protest on Wednesday. OK, now, if MSN had, you know, if, if MSN.com, if they put like the date here and the day, we would know that. OK, but now we got to count back one day, two days, three days, four days. OK. Um, the events around the closer have represented a rare blunder for Ted Sarandos and Netflix whose deep pockets and warm relationship with talent have been transformative for the global entertainment sector uh, for close to a decade. In our conversation, he, uh, he admits, he admits up front, up front that he screwed up in handling in the handling of employee concerns and talks more specifically about what the company does and does not consider hate speech. He talks more consistently. Um, he, he talks more specifically about what Netflix does and does not consider hate speech. So he was asked in this interview, do you have any regrets about how this process was handled, especially in your internal communication with employees? Ted Sarandos, co-CEO Netflix said, obviously I screwed up that internal communication. I did that and I screwed it up in two ways. First and foremost, um, I should have led with a, with a lot more humanity, meaning I had a group of employees who were definitely feeling pain and hurt from a decision we made. And I think that needs to be acknowledged up front before you go into the nuts and bolts of anything. Now, this interview was done before the walkout happened. It was on the verge of the walkout. They, you know, it, they said that they were going to have this walkout, things like this. He put he. This interview took place before then, so he's changing his tune because the the, the because the protest has intensified. So Ted Sarandos is changing his tune, and he's he's starting to backpedal. And I think that needs, and I think that needs to be acknowledged up front before you go into the nuts and bolts of anything. I didn't do that. That was uncharacteristic for me. And it was moving fast. And we were trying to answer some really specific questions that were floating. We landed with some things that were much more blanket and matter of fact that are not at all accurate. We landed with some things that were much more matter uh, matter of fact that are not at all accurate. Of course, storytelling is, has real impact in the world. I reiterate that because it's why I work here. 
it's why we do what we do. The impact can be hugely positive and it can be quite negative. So I would have been better in that communication. They were joining a conversation. They were joining a conversation already in progress, but out of context. They were joining a conversation already in progress, but out of context. So I would have been better in that communication. Uh, but that happens in that that happens. Internal emails go out in all my communications. I should lean into uh, the humanity up front and not make a blanket statement that could land very differently than it was intended. So then Tessa Randall's co-CEO of Netflix was asked the question, what if the protocol for defining what is the protocol for defining hate speech at Netflix? What is the protocol for defining hate speech at Netflix? Now, question I would ask, question I would ask is, uh, Terrence Sarandos, what is it that you could say about African-Americans that it gets your stuff pulled off of Netflix? That's what I want to know. Like, where's the line? Because I haven't seen one. You can just call, you can just say whatever you want to dehumanizing about us, and it's cool. So, like, where, where's the line? I, I don't I don't even know where it is. I know where the line is for other people, other groups. I know you can't get up there and say stuff about the, about, about the Jewish community. I know where it is for other groups. Where is it for us? He was asked what crosses the line and what doesn't. Okay, so we'll come to that. Let's go to the phone lines very quickly, and we'll give you that answer on the other side of the break. Let's go to the phone lines very quickly. We have Jermaine. That's my holding. Jermaine, welcome to the African History Network show. Thanks for holding. Jermaine, tell us where you're calling from. Yes, sir. Calling from my uh, Manassas, Virginia. Attorney. How you doing, man? All right. You calling from where? Manassas, out of Virginia. Virginia, Virginia. Northern okay, Virginia. okay. Northern Virginia. Okay. Where General Robert E. Lee was in Virginia. All right. Go ahead. Yes, sir. So a couple of interesting things. I, I was really trying to, you know, I got on late, just kind of ran into, into your uh, broadcast. Okay. And uh, I couldn't really, uh, uh, you know, detect where you really stood on as far as communicating back. But my own personal things about this, you know, agreeing with the fact that, you know, racial slurs, bombs, all that, these, all that is fine. Everybody's laughing at that. It's cool. Now, I don't have a particular issue with that when it comes to comedy because it's supposed to be a place where, you know, it, it is the taboo of stuff coming out. Like, you expect that. I mean, you go back to the Richard Pryor, the Red Foxes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, who else? Uh, you know, even before that, um, uh, 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 you know, even Bernie Mac, the newer ones, you know, they, you know, that's what they do. They, they talk about stuff and say stuff that is beyond you know, uh, politically correct, you know, outside of the box. And that, you know, that's a choice to go and watch that. You know what I'm saying? If, if people were able to walk out over every thing they saw on TV that they didn't like, I mean, you know, that, that's a problem all of its own. I think it's just uh, people being opportunists uh, and maybe some background issues with they personally. I don't know. Can't really speak on that. Or, hell, even on it himself, because it seems like a big stretch for them to come at him like this when, you know, the story he told closing out about the lady that he had met and mm -hmm. 
you know, him bringing her on and letting her open up and everything like that for him definitely shows, you know, that where he stood on it, that's, that's you know, clearly what he was attempting to do is let them know this was comedy. And he still made something, a joke out of that. You know, yeah, even so... Her, even yeah, so what they were saying is um, that he he's so, they they Dave's real criticism is about white supremacy and also he's made criticisms about white supremacy within the LGBT community. But he wasn't the jokes he was telling, he wasn't trying to bring about harm to the LGBT community. He wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to bring harm or anything like that. But his his real critique is a critique about white supremacy. Okay, we'll continue this another side of the break. Hold the line. St- stand by. Hold the line. We're coming up on the break. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 on the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hotel and African History Network show. We deal with current events of history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So we control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. We control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do what people would go to know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show, right here on 910 AM Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and we are live. Okay, right before the break, uh, we were talking uh, about a few developments because I haven't talked about it really at all this week. We're on six days a week. We've been dealing with other topics. Um, every time there's a new development, I don't deal with it. Uh, dealing with uh, the fallout behind Dave Chappelle's uh, closer uh, special on Netflix. Um, we know there was a protest held Wednesday, October 20th. Hollywood Reporter has a big article about that. Netflix protest rally draws hundreds as staffers lead walkout over Chappelle's special. And then also we know that uh, Ted Sarandos, uh, co-CEO of Netflix, um, did an interview with, uh, I think it was with NBC News, because MSN.com uh, picked this up from uh, NBC News. And uh, Ted Sarandos talked about how he uh, screwed up in the, the response uh, in communicating with uh, Netflix employees. Okay, behind some of them um, protesting against uh, the closer special. Uh, also, there was a article from uh, Washington Post uh, from October sixteenth, twenty twenty. That was uh, that was Saturday, October sixteenth. Saturday, October sixteenth, twenty twenty. Now Wednesday, Saturday, October sixteenth, twenty twenty. Netflix fires employee for sharing information about Dave Chappelle's special amid LGBTQ backlash, okay? And also, I I want to, we've talked about this piece before in understanding all this within the context of white supremacy and racism. And, uh, you know, just a couple of nights ago, we talked about how uh, black children make up more than 50% of minority children who are handled roughly or who suffer from uh, uh, police brutality, different things like this. 
We talked about that. It was a study that came out earlier this week. We talked about that a couple of nights ago on the show. Um, black girls are viewed as less innocent than white girls starting at age five. Now, this is from HuffingtonPost.com. This is from July 24th, 2017. And, and uh, we've talked about this before. This deals with the um, study called Girlhood Interrupted, the Erasure of Black Girls' Childhood. Girlhood Interrupted, the Erasure of Black Girls' Childhood. And it deals with, um, it, now this was released back in uh, 2017. And it's from Georgetown Law's Center on Poverty and Equality. And the study shows that society's perception of black girls, society's perception of black girls leads to uh, their adultification. So we've talked about adultification bias numerous times here on this show. The study media for 30 years. And th that that's a legacy of slavery and African-American women being made as breeders, prostitutes, wet nurses, all this during slavery and the continued after slavery, this dehumanization. The report shows that adults believe that black girls seem older than white girls of the same age and that black girls need less nurturing, less protection and less support and comfort than white girls, okay? And that black girls need less nurturing, less protection, and less su support and comfort than white girls. This study also found that people assume, people assume that black girls are more independent, know more about adult topics, and know more about sex than young white girls. The study also found that people assume that black girls are more independent, know more about adult topics, and know more about sex than white girls. And what happens is with adultification bias, the stereotypes that are projected onto African-American women out of a context of white supremacy and racism those stereotypes are also projected onto African-American girls and oftentimes they are treated accordingly. As I said before, this is, this is why R. Kelly was able to get away with what he did for so long. Cause this is largely black women and girls. He was doing this to. Cause if those, if he had been outside of a high school in Chicago, talking to 15, 16, 17 year old white girls, you and I both know that would have stopped 30 years ago. You and I both know that would have stopped 30 years ago. The report, which built on information from a 2014 study by Dr. Philippa Goff, who we talked about a couple of nights ago on the show. And that study found that black boys are more likely to be viewed as older and suspected of crimes starting at age 10 is the first of its kind to focus on girls. Now, the, now the study from Dr. Philip Atiba Goff, that's at the American Psychological Association's website, APA.org. Okay, we just talked about that when we dealt with uh, African-American children uh, who are, uh, uh, um, they, they make up more than 50% of the, the children who are mistreated by police. We talked about that study from 2014 that's at the American Psychological Association's website. 
this one right here. We'll pull this up. Uh, why isn't this coming up? Okay, we'll get that up. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go back to Jermaine. Hey, Jermaine, thanks for holding. Go ahead with your uh, with your last statement, Jermaine. Thanks for holding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. You're on air. Go ahead. Yes, sir. So uh, you're talking about this, what you're talking about uh, right currently now, as far as uh, studying everything. As far as, no, uh, I was saying go. I, 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 I was saying go ahead. Go ahead with your last. Go ahead with your last statement. We held you over so you could finish your statement in your, in your comment. I was saying go ahead with your last statement. Oh, yes, sir. Okay, the one thing, and I, and I had actually typed it down, too, um, as far as the whole classification to where uh, the, I don't even know how many people call the letters, but that community, you know, that is upset, should we then have the same um, objections and rights and, and uh, backing when, you know, I, I've had men that are, Obviously, homosexuals that, you know, blatantly you were trying to talk to you, hit on you, and, you know, first, you know, it's like, hey, you know, no no judgment, no offense, but that's not how I roll. And they will still be uh, persistent in that way. So, so, that, so that's like sexual harassment. Yeah, that's like sexual harassment. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. Just like, just like if a man does that to a woman, that's wrong. It's also wrong if, you know, somebody who's uh, LGBT if they do that to somebody that's heterosexual and, and you tell them, okay, hey, I'm not into that, and they keep doing it, that's sexual harassment also. That's wrong as well. Right. And, and that, that's never discussed. And it goes on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure I'm not the only one. You know, and so nobody nobody talks about that. You know, yeah, like, it's discussed oh, very little. Why, why are you it's, it's discussed very little. So so what what, what has to happen more so is that people who are victims of that type of sexual harassment have to, there has to be an environment where they feel more comfortable talking about it and not being ridiculed, being embarrassed to talk about it. Cause some of them, you know, it happens. Some of them may not want to talk about it because they feel embarrassed, you know, because it happened to them. Okay. It, 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 you, you see what I mean? So when you, when you start talking about things like that, it draws more attention to it and it makes people more aware of the frequency of those type of infractions. All right, all right. Keep listening, right. Jermaine. Th right. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, quickly, go ahead. Okay. Um, read this one here from American Psychological Association. Black boys viewed as older, less innocent than whites. Research finds. This was the study Dr. Philip Atiba Goff did in uh, 2014, and um, in this study, we just talked about this a couple nights ago. Uh, black boys as young as age 10 may not be viewed in the same light of childhood innocence as their white peers, but are instead more likely to be mistaken as older, like Tamir Rice, because he was 12 and, and, and they thought he was 20, but are instead more likely to be mistaken as older, be perceived as guilty, and face police violence if accused of a crime, according to new research published by the American Psychological Association. This was a study from 2014. So read uh, read that as well. Okay, 
let's go uh quickly uh back to the phone lines let's go to i think this is dave dave welcome to the african history network show thanks for holding tell us where you're calling from dave uh you know i'm calling from hampton rose virginia how you doing mike all right how are you <laughs> i'm doing great it's good to hear you uh doing your thing yeah, to get right to the point about the Dave uh, Chappelle thing. First of all, first of all, I enjoyed the show. Thanks. It was very good. I can't wait to, to you see it so you can give it a little more <laughs> in-depth review. Right. I know you'll be pretty good at that. <laughs> but also, I think he he tried to address a couple of main things. Mm -hmm. The main thing he was trying to address before he even got to it was, well, one of them was just putting the the lives, uh, 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 the, the lifestyle of the trans. Uh, person above the life of other people, as if there's a special political sensitivity on behalf of them that we can dismiss in others. I okay. think that's the point you're trying to make also. Okay, explain that, explain and, that, um, explain okay. that, Dave. Explain the point that he was trying to make. He was trying to make that uh, that somehow transsexual people uh, possess some type of political sensitivity that you can't express, but you can do to others. For instance, you can't, as you, as you, as the point you make all the time, you can you can call uh, black people N-words and Bs and mm -hmm. holes and stuff like that. Right. But you can't, you can't ever, uh, uh, make that kind of insensitive statement to them without losing your job, losing your contracts, right. losing your sponsors, losing your contracts. Yeah, yeah that was, that was, uh, the very key, key. yeah, that was something that he was, uh, a point he was trying to make. Go, go ahead and finish your statement. Yeah, and he, he called that, this was, this was his main target, he called it punching downward. Mm -hmm. Punching downward on black America. Right. Pretty much, it's always on a black male. And he used the baby, mm -hmm. uh, the incident with the baby as an example. And he told them, look, in terms of the trans community, quit punching downward on the black community. Quit doing it. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of forceful. Right, right, yeah, they, yeah, but, they but they, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's a point. That was the distinction he was trying to make. Um, the, um, the, the, as I stated before, the comparison he talked about with the baby shooting and killing somebody, that was a bad example because that, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that, the baby actually that, that, got in a fight in a Walmart in Charlotte and what, wound up killing a man, a yeah, black yeah, man. Yeah, but but see, when you study that case, that appears to be a case of self defense. And and and, and the we, yeah, we, we, we exactly. talked about that here on the show. So what what's what 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 what's is, I think is more important is the baby being disinvited from music festivals and performances because <laughs> of two minutes because of two minutes on stage because of two minutes on stage making what people deem as uh homophobic or transformic uh, uh rhetoric okay then that's two minutes but he gets invited to perform at the festival he got invited to perform at all these events after putting out music that dehumanizes african-americans you invited him and you knew he had music that calls the n-word and bees all this stuff but then he says two minutes on stage and you disinvite him over that. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and also too, you notice that we can put Meek Mill, we can put Meek Mill in that category too. Although I don't just, dis, I disagree with his, the, the bus is, is, uh, 
concert bus or whatever with black women bent over and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, even that kind of insensitivity, you can do that and get invited. But mm-hmm. if you make one insensitive statement, and he never mentioned the trans community. The baby never mentioned trans community in, in, his, in, his, in his talk. He never mentioned them. Okay, right. Not, not one time. Right, right. Okay. Well, right. Do, you know, the, mm-hmm. do you notice this, Mike? You notice they never mention, rappers never make the mistake of calling somebody a kike. A tight, uh, okay, okay, day, day, day. We can't use that type of lane. This is FCC regulated radio. Okay, <laughs> we don't even say that. <laughs> yeah, but I understand. I understand. Yeah, okay, right, right. Well, FCC regulated radio, we, we can't we can't even say the, the, the actual n word on the show, but okay, thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Oh, so, wow. so this is FCC, yeah, we're. No, no, no. This no FCC regulated radio deals with racial slurs regarding anybody. FCC FCC regulations deals with racial slurs regarding anybody. So we don't even use racial slurs dealing with African Americans on this show. That's 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 um, prohibited based upon FCC regulations. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dave, thanks for calling. I just said we can't say that on the air. Okay. Thanks for calling. the, the when you deal with music that's played on the radio, that's FCC regulated. But when you deal with music that's put out by companies, that's not FCC regulated radio. That's that's not FCC regulated. What happens is other groups have enough self-respect. Other groups have enough self-respect to protest when dehumanizing images and music are put out. For instance, you go back to 1995 and Michael Jackson had a song called They Don't Really Care About Us, I think it was 1995. And he had a couple of lines that the uh, Jewish community said was anti-Semitic. Okay, now he didn't mean anything negative by it, but Sony got so much pressure from the Jewish community that they removed all the CDs off the shelf, took those couple of lines out, and put it back on the shelf. Because you only protect what you respect. You had Ice-T, who had, years ago, he had a heavy metal band called Body Count. And he had a, a CD for the Ice, the rapper Ice-T. It was on... Uh, uh, law and, uh, law and order. Uh, he had a heavy metal band called body count and they, they had a song on their CD called cop killer. And the song was about, uh, uh, killing the dirty cop, crooked cop, something like that. And he was saying, okay, this song, we're not talking about all police. We're talking, we're talking about this particular one, a dirty cop, whatever. Police unions and officers across the country rose up in protest against the song. They didn't rise up in protest against him using the N-word and all this stuff on the song. Be this and all that. They didn't rise up against that. They rose up specifically against what they deemed was an attack on police. And they were saying this could create a, a more dangerous environment for police at the time he was on uh warner brothers 
Time Warner. So what did Warner Brothers do? Did did they tell them, well, if you don't like the music, don't buy the music? Did did they say, uh, uh, well, he's not talking about you. He's talking about other police. Did they say, well, if you don't like it, um, change the channel or don't don't listen to it, anything like that? That's not what they did. What Tom Warner did was they pulled the entire CD off the shelf and they and they just shit they, and they, they just shelved the whole project. They just pulled the entire CD off the shelf and just and just shelved the whole. They just shelved it. That was the end of it. Uh, Ice T in uh, what Ice T did was he sold his stock that he had in Time Warner. And that was basically the end of that. When you look at what Sony did with the with the Jewish community, Sony didn't tell the Jewish community, well, if you don't like what Michael Jackson is saying, uh, you know, change the station or teach your children better or or anything like that. They took action. They said, oh, no, 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 no. We're going we're going to remove these lyrics. Now, I don't know if they had hip-hop artists at the time on Sony or the subsidiaries. I don't know if Sony had music out at the time that called us the N-word and B-word and dehumanize us, things like this. I don't know if they had it, but I'm sure they've had it at some point. I know they've had it at some point, and they didn't pull that off the shelf. I don't think. If they did, let me know. So we, we see a distinct, we see two things that are very distinct. One the response of groups that feel that they have been disrespected to the response to the response of groups that feel they have been disrespected. Because when we call out things like this, we're told, Oh, you know, they're not talking, you know, he's not talking about, he's not talking about you. He's talking about these other women over here. They say, Oh, it's just entertainment, things like this. But when other groups are, well, other groups say they are offended. This puts us in danger, etc. The response is different. Usually the response is different. Um, this piece, I was looking for some information here dealing with body count from Ice-T. This one here from Billboard.com, Billboard magazine. Nearly 30 years later, body count's cop killer remains absent from streaming. What happened? Okay, this is 30 years, 30 years later. I remember wise intelligent of the poor righteous teachers wise intelligent um uh, he, at the at savior's day some years ago uh for nation of islam there was a um a form a workshop they had dealing with um uh, islam and and hip-hop things like this like the influence of islam on hip-hop and wise intelligent talked about um, uh, he, he talked about one hip hop artist. Um, I forgot which hip hop artist it was, but he talked about a, a hip hop artist who said that um, he had he had a song that dealt with uh, going after um, a killer cop, a, a, a rogue police officer. And he said Jimmy Iovine told him that he could not uh, put that song on the CD. 
but he said they let him keep the other 14, 15 songs that, keep, that talked about killing black youth. They let him keep that on the CD. But the song about the police officer, they wouldn't let him put that on the CD. So we see a clear distinction between what is allowed and what's not allowed. With us, these, these corporations, and this is, this is something I'm talking about, we have to stop financing our own dehumanization because we spend money with them and then they put out uh, music and media, et cetera, oftentimes that dehumanizes African-Americans and, and adds to a atmosphere where you can dehumanize us. So Wise Intelligence said they wouldn't, they wouldn't even let uh, the hip hop artists put that on the, um, on the CD. If we look at Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj had a, a song called Only a few years ago. And in the interview, in the uh, video for Only, Drake is in the video. I think today's Drake's birthday also. In the video uh, for the movie only there is a um there's a uniform that the people are wearing that the jewish community says resembles um the nazis in nazi germany i'm gonna see if i can pull up this article here then with Nicki minaj so Nicki minaj and the, and the jewish community said they were offended etc so Nicki Minaj puts out a tweet apologizing to the Jewish community, but she didn't apologize to the African-American community for using the N-word in the same song. She apologized to the, uh, so let's look at this here from um, yahoonews.com. Your Black World had an article about it. We talked about it when it came out. Nicki Minaj apologizes for anti-Semitic images, lyric in video, anti-Semitic images in lyric video, November 10th, 2014. Queen of controversy, Nicki Minaj apologized for images in her lyric video only. The Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, and Twitter viewers called the video anti-Semitic for several moments that draw comparisons to Nazism. The artist who made the video for only was influenced by a cartoon on the Cartoon Network car called uh, Metallica uh, Collapse. Collapse. Uh, Nikki said in the post, both the producer and person in charge of overseeing the lyric video, one of my best friends and videographer, she said, A. Uh, Lucas, L O U. CAS happen, uh, happened to be Jewish. I didn't come up with the concept, but I'm very sorry and take full responsibility if it has offended anyone. This is Nicki, This is what Nicki Minaj tweeted. I didn't come up with the concept, but I'm very sorry and take full responsibility if it has offended anyone. I never condone Nazism in my art, end quote. Video director Jeffrey Osborne said he would not apologize for the video. But she didn't apologize to the African-American community for using the N-word in the same song. 
So she apologizes to the Jewish community because they're offended, some of them, by the uniform that's worn in the video that resembles a Nazi uniform. But she dehumanizes African Americans in the same song, and there's no apology. In the video, Nicki Minaj is depicted as a dictator, as a dictator figure addressing a sea of soldiers wearing uniforms with red arm patches resembling those worn by members of Adolf Hitler's army. The Young Money Records logo has been revamped, positioning the Y and M to resemble a swastika. Hmm. You see, you only protect what you respect. Read this, read this one here. And then we know what happened with Rick Ross. We know what happened with Rick Ross. When Rick Ross uh, was on the song uh, uh, U-O-N-E-O, I think it was, and he had uh, uh, lyrics that talked about uh, putting a date rape drug in, in a woman's drink, okay? And he had a... Um, He had a contract, an endorsement deal with um, Reebok, okay? There was an article from Billboard.com about this. Um, he had an uh, endorsement deal with Reebok. And is this the right one? Where is that? I think this is it right here. What happened was women's organizations feminist organizations came out in protest, especially white women came out in protest. And if we look at this article from billboard.com here, Rick Ross under fire for lyrics that critics say condone date rape. Well, what happened was long story short is that when white women were outside of a flagship Reebok store protesting and the media was out there and they had signs and things like this, Reebok didn't tell, Reebok didn't tell the white women, well, he's not talking about your daughter. He's talking about somebody else's daughter. Reebok didn't say, well, if you don't like it, don't bother music. If you don't like it, change the radio station. That's not what Reebok told white women. Reebok, cancel rick ross's endorsement deal with reebok and they distance themselves themselves away from him and say they ain't want to be associated with that hmm i i just find that i just find that very interesting they they didn't see reebok didn't say oh it's just entertainment reebok didn't say it's not going to add to an environment where it's where people think it's all right to rape people or do uh put date rape drugs in it reebok didn't say nothing they, reebok didn't say oh it's just entertainment no they canceled this negro's contract so so we see that there's like clear standards for everybody else except us we see their clear standards their lines that you can't cross dealing with other people because they're protected except us Right, and so this is why we have to stop financing our own dehumanization. 
this is why we have to stop financing our own dehumanization, because if we continue to finance it, it will continue. If we say, hold on, wait a second, we're going to withdraw economic support from you until you act right. Guess what? You can put a stop to it. Okay. Um, speaking of stopping, we're going to stop in a minute here. Let me go to this other uh, article quickly here. This is from Yahoo News. Uh, okay, we're going to go to clip two. We're going to go to clip two, uh, Jalen. Uh, dad's, uh, dad's on duty. We're going to go to that right quick. Uh, Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees, but stands by his art. We'll talk about this uh, off air in just a second. I want to get to this uh, story. Great story out of Louisiana. Dad's on duty. Black men stepping up. Let's go to clip two. Or clip one. Clip one. Dad's on duty. Clip one. When the SOS went up at a troubled school, who answered the call? A bunch of DADs. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. Your qualifications are? We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. Let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. They just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your seal's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. And it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has a father, some father figure at home. Or a male, period, in their life. So life. just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. 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 Have a good morning. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Shreveport, Louisiana. All right. All right. That's a great story there. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're going to keep going for a couple more minutes. Uh, also, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show or visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Be sure to register for the online courses I teach on Saturday and Sunday uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. And then also understand the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. 
We'll be back tomorrow. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right, stand by. Okay. Um, let's see. We'll be here for a couple more minutes. How's everybody doing? Okay. Here is the also here's the link for the online uh courses as well. As soon, soon as you register, uh you can watch the uh classes we just did uh this weekend. And uh we'll talk some more about this story. Uh dad's on duty tomorrow. I know we're gonna go so long because there's a few different stories I had dealing with uh Dave Chappelle. Um but this is a great story here dealing with uh, dads on duty. It's out of Louisiana. Louisiana has one of the highest poverty rates in the country. Uh, let me see here. Okay. And CBS Evening News had the story. So I, I posted uh, the video on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. It's been viewed, I think, is over 4,000 times last time I checked. After a violent week of fighting in school that saw 23 students arrested in three days, Southwood High School parents knew something had to change. Some dads decided to take matters into their own hands. They formed Dads on Duty, a group of about 40 dads who take shifts, spending time at the school in Shreveport, Louisiana, greeting students in the morning and helping maintain a positive environment for learning rather than fighting, for learning rather than fighting. Now, I've heard different stories in different cities about something similar to this. A lot of times it has to do with the first day of school and parents volunteering to greet the students back to school and wish them a happy school year and things like this, okay? This here is after the first day of school has happened, okay? And I know there are other stories like this around the country. We need to hear more about this. And what's what I think is really important, these these um, dads didn't just sit at home talking about how bad the kids are at school and somebody needs to do something and all this stuff. You know, they, you know, they, they took action. Now, the students say it's working and the numbers prove it. The, the students say it's working and the numbers prove it. There hasn't been a single incident on campus since the dads showed up. And though none of the dads have degrees in school counseling or criminal justice, they do have some relevant experience because they're fathers. Okay, so we'll talk about uh, this some more on tomorrow's show. This is from October 22nd, 2021, cbsnews.com. Dads spend time in, Louis in Louisiana high school after 23 students were arrested in string of violence. Okay, let's see here. Now, the if we go back uh, very quickly here, this uh, this last story here with Dave Chappelle, we did not get a chance to really talk about this. We may talk about this a little bit on tomorrow's show. Um, Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees, but stands by his art. Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees, but stands by his art. OK, and as I said before, like this past week, we didn't even um, talk about Dave Chappelle. Though. We dealt with it week before last, but, you know, we dealt with it last Sunday, I think it was or Sunday before last something. But we haven't dealt with this story. Uh, Dave Chappelle is speaking. Now, now, this article here is from October 22nd, 2021 from Yahoo Entertainment. 
Yahoo News, Yahoo Entertainment. And notice the difference. They didn't say four days ago. They have the actual date and the timestamp there. That's how you do it. Okay. Um, MSN.com. That's how that's how you, you're supposed to do it. Uh, Chappelle is speaking out after days. It's, it's speaking out days after Netflix employees staged a walkout protest over his uh, controversial comedy special. So we know that was Wednesday, October 20th that the walkout took place. Um, Chappelle says he's willing to meet with Netflix employees who are upset over his jokes. His rep, his representative notes that protest organizers did not reach out to him directly about the protest. Okay, his his uh, representative notes that protest organizers did not reach out to him directly about the protest. Uh, quote, Dave stands by his art. A spokesperson uh, for Dave Chappelle tells Yahoo Entertainment. Quote, both sides of the street are talking and Dave is listening. At some point when everyone is open, I'm sure our communities will come together. As Dave said in his special, quote, no more jokes about transgenders until we can all laugh together, end quote. Now, Chappelle's rep adds that neither she nor the comedian received any direct contact from Ashley Marie Preston. Ashley M Marie Preston the transgender uh, activist who organized the walkout, Ashley Marie Preston. Preston told reporters she invited Chappelle, uh, quote, to have transformative dialogue with us, and he has made it clear that is not of interest to him, end quote. Okay, but Chappelle's rep is saying they have not received any direct contact from Ashley Marie Preston. Okay, so read this. Uh, read this also here from uh, Yahoo Entertainment, Yahoo.com. Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with Netflix employees, but stands by his art. Okay, uh, on Monday show, I know we'll talk about the Civil War documentary that's on MSNBC, and it's uh, streaming also on Peacock. The Civil War documentary. Okay, uh, we'll talk about that. That is crucial to understanding where we are today. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I teach that class is a 10 week course and it's a lot of work and a lot of preparation, um, but it's important to understand this history, what happened after slavery ended also uh, to understand where we are today. And this has a direct impact on the, the um, January 6th insurrection. That's a continuation of the US Civil War, the January 6th insurrection. Okay, be sure to follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. You can, um, African American business owners, also post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. And we have a special promotion. You can advertise with The African History Network. Buy one month, get two months free. Buy one month, get two months free. Uh, email us at uh, AHN show at African history network.com AHN show at African history network.com. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the uh, African history network. We'll get you up and running uh, right away. Buy one month, get two months free. 
we take your 30 second to 60 second commercial. Uh, it will run when we rebroadcast these shows and it also runs in the audio podcast version of these shows. Also we're on 10 different audio podcast platforms. We're on uh cast box, a cast FM player, iHeartRadio, blog talk radio, stitcher. We're on 10 different audio podcast platforms also. Okay. So, uh, people will be able to, uh, people will be able to, uh, hear the audio version of it, but also see your commercial when it, uh, airs during the rebroadcast. If you don't have a commercial, we can create one for you as well. Okay. So email us at AHN show at African history network.com. If you want to advertise with the African history network, um, I'm going to squeeze this in here, dealing with Ahmad Arbery. We'll talk about this more on the show uh, on Monday. Okay, dealing with Ahmad Arbery, because we've been talking about that pretty much each day and giving you an update on what's taking place. But Friday, uh, court was not in session. Uh, jury selection, uh, there was the court was not in session in session on Friday. Um, but there, the defense is complaining about protests that are taking place outside of the uh, courtroom, okay? And protesting support of the Ahmaud Arbery family and calling for justice and things like this. I wanna go to this clip here from uh, the Black News Channel. This is dealing with our protesters impacting jury selection in the Ahmaud Arbery case. Our protesters impacting jury selection in the Ahmad Arbery uh, in the trial of the white men involved in uh, uh, accused of killing Ahmad Arbery, I should say, not the Ahmad Arbery trial. Okay. Everyone, no court action in the trial for the men accused of killing Ahmad Arbery today. Jury selection will resume on Monday, but there are other matters that need to be addressed outside the court. And that's where we find BMC's Dre Clark. He is standing by live right now in Brunswick, Georgia. Good afternoon, Dre. Laverne, good afternoon. Members of the uh, Trans Transformative Justice Coalition, rather, uh, just wrapped up a walkthrough here uh, in Brunswick, going through the neighborhood where Ahmad Arbery's family uh, was raised here. About 100 members of the coalition uh, have been here all week long. Uh, court is in recess until Monday morning, so they decided to go ahead and not assemble outside the courtroom, but rather hold a demonstration, a peaceful demonstration, and walk through the neighborhood here. Now, before court ended yesterday, one of the defense attorneys raised an issue that remains unresolved. This particular defense attorney is asking the judge to not allow members of the coalition to peacefully assemble on the courthouse law and claiming that their banners, uh, their singing, and their signs is somehow negatively influencing the jury selection process. Now, the judge has yet to make a decision. He has asked the defense to submit a motion, and then he will make a ruling on to, as to whether or not he will allow them to continue to uh, gather and assemble outside the courthouse. But the judge also indicated that the, the coalition has a First Amendment right to gather in, uh, in a peaceful way in a public space so that even though he hasn't made a ruling, he's giving us some indication as to how he might rule. Meanwhile, this trial officially kicked off just a few days ago on Monday. Three white men, Gregory and Travis McMichael, along with William Bryan, accused of murdering 25-year-old Ahmad Aubrey in February of 2020. 
Aubrey was running through a predominantly white neighborhood when the McMichaels ran him down in their pickup truck and then shot him three times with a shotgun at point-blank range. Those two white men, along with William Bryan, who recorded the shooting, all claim that they believe that uh, Ahmad Aubrey was a burglary suspect and they shot him in self-defense. They are now facing a number of charges, including murder, and their trial is now underway. This is the first week of jury selection. We probably have another week or two to go before we can move into the next phase of this trial. Meanwhile, members of the coalition say they are prepared to challenge that motion in court if necessary. They say they came here to show support to Ahmad Arbery's mother and father and other family members, and they have no intentions of leaving until the trial is over. And, of course, they're hoping it will conclude with three guilty convictions. Reporting live in Brunswick, Georgia, I'm Drake Clark for BNC. So many people hope that. Thank you so much for that report, Dre. And stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back after this. Okay. So great reporting from Dre Clark there in uh, Brunswick, Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, Black News Channel has great coverage uh, of what's taking place uh, dealing with the trial. Also, Roller Martin and Filter has good coverage as well. I haven't seen a whole lot on MSNBC, however. Uh, maybe Reverend Al Sharpton or um joanne reed or uh tiffany cross will talk about it but throughout the day haven't seen a whole lot uh read this article here from news for jax news for jacks.com out of uh out of georgia after scores question 23 advanced to pool of 64 potential jurors needed an aubrey slaying trial um they need to get 64 potential jurors to then go to the next stage where they're given another questionnaire and they want to reduce the pool of 64 down to 16 jurors, which includes four alternates. At the end of day four of the trial, they had 23 people uh, uh, who they selected to be part of that 64. Okay. Uh, so read that also. Okay, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. On Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black. All positive. All the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today.